Let's go, folks. Time for the Gibby Show. How you doing, baseball fans, and welcome to another edition of the Gibby Show presented by Miller Lite, the official beer of Major League Baseball and the Gibby Show. Opening day is come and gone. The baseball season is in full swing as we begin the first full week of action. I'm John Arezzi, and with me back from a quick trip to Canada, the man with a new book coming out this week, the former member of the 86 world champion New York Mets, the two-time manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, the baseball lifer himself, direct from San Antonio, Texas. At least I think so. He's been traveling so much. Let's bring on John Gibbons. John, how you doing, Gibby? Johnny, thanks, pal. Hey, what an introduction, man. I'm about to, I'm ready to get into that ring, man. You are. I'm telling you, it's uh, it's an exciting weekend for wrestling fans. There was WrestleMania, but uh, you had a little bit of a trip, uh, not to WrestleMania, but you were up in Canada this week. Uh, you did an appearance. Uh, you have your book coming out this week. Uh, and tell us about what what's going on with you. You were up there for a few days. Yeah, you know what? I, I went out to uh, a little town called Veteran Canada. Most people never even heard of it unless you're from there. Yeah, I think I think there's just a few hundred people, right? It's a it's a it's a farming uh, uh, livestock town uh, and ranching, and just some great people. But there was a gentleman out there who started. It's called the Neutral Hills Baseball Academy. And he wanted me to come out, and I did it was a little banquet. I had a great time. Met some great people. So yeah, and then uh, you know, uh, like you said, the book's coming out this week, and and uh, it's been a, it's been a little, little crazy, you know. Um, but it's been a lot of fun, you know. It really has, and. Uh, you know, I was excited. Baseball started, you know, all of us now, um, you know, we can see every day. Something's going on every day, right? Oh, without a doubt. It was a busy weekend. We'll touch upon all of that. Uh, the trip to Canada, by the way, was a nice opportunity to uh, pick up a Tim Hortons. I saw a social media post of yours and uh, you had a chance to visit uh, uh, Tim Hortons up there, too. Roll up to win, baby. Yeah. Yeah. I love Tim Horns. I told you that, man. I, of course, I had to get the honey crawler, you know, and, uh, you know, if your day, you get, you get one in the morning, man, your day usually works out better, man. You wait too long. You don't get one at all. You know what? Um, it's a good way to start the day, isn't it? It's a good way to start the day. Absolutely. Speaking of Tim's, they are, of course, are the sponsors of the Gabbing with Gibby segment of the show. And today we're going to have the Blue Jays Second baseman on with us, Whit Merrifield, joining us, of course, brought to you by Tim Hortons. Uh, we will have that Gabbing with Gibby segment coming up later in the show. We'll talk about the Jays' first series of the season against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, they lost two or three, uh, plus some early injuries in baseball right now. A big debut for a Japanese sensation who made uh, a very, uh, very impressive debut. We'll have another roast and toast inspired by our friends at Miller Lite. And we'll talk about an upcoming uh, or actually a live auction that's taking place right now with the Special Olympics your wife, Christy, is involved with. So let's get uh, right to the leadoff, John. The opening weekend of the season for the Blue Jays. I have to say that I kind of categorize this opening series uh, as the good, the bad and the ugly. So uh, the good, obviously, was the win on opening day. It was a slugfest back and forth. Uh, it was, uh, you know, five hits by Springer. It was four hits by Bo. Uh, it was just uh, 19 hits the Jays banged out, and they won 10 to 9. It was like a slugfest. Um, uh, but I want to get into Alec Manoa and his start, John. I'm sure that you had an opportunity to review it. 
Uh, he didn't fare well. Uh, he really just looked um, like very emotional. Couldn't get his rhythm. Tell us about that. Did it have something to do maybe with the pitch clock? Is it opening day? Because he had those same anxiety feelings in the playoff last year. And now you come back to opening day, another big event. What do you think is going on with Manoa? And does he need to settle down a little bit? Yeah, you know, Johnny, there, there's nothing wrong with this kid. There, that, that's for sure. You know what? There's uh, you got to remember, he's a human being like everyone out there. You know, he, normally, if I remember right, I'm speaking mainly when I was a player and then some some of the years I was coaching, opening days are a little dead. They're, they, they, I mean, they throw you out of whack. They throw you in, anyway. You're distracted. You're getting tugged every way. And in, in the excitement and the anticipation, you get out of your routine, routine a lot of times, right? Um, but then also I'm used to seeing like great well-pitched games and in, in, in low scoring games, because normally the, the pitchers were, are ahead of the hitters, you know, it's, it always seems like, you know, like that to me. And a lot of times you're, you're starting out in cold environments here with St. Louis looks like a, look like a nice day, but there's nothing wrong with Alec Manoa. You know, the sky is not falling. Even they lose two out of three there, you know, St. Louis is a good team, but you know, they, uh, you know, you got to pitch. And they yeah. get, there's no doubt, but St. Louis had their problems there too, you know, until, until the end. So that's, that's just part of it. I, I you know, he, he's, he's still a young kid. I'd, I'd put my money on him any chance I got if I had to, you know, even, you know, I don't want to. And the post-game comments from him were really just kind of like, Hey, it happens. And we got the win and he seemed relaxed and he seemed happy. And it didn't seem to be uh, bothering him as much because it is the beginning of the season. Things happen. You got to get, adjusted to the pitch clock. Uh, so, you know, like you said, he's a good young kid. He's got that Buffalo mentality that you love oh, so yeah. much. So he's going to be fine. And like he said, he said himself, they got the win. That, that it's, you know what? Yeah. Every game's different. But you look at St. Louis too, right? They they got a good pitching staff. They mm -hmm. didn't have any, they didn't have anybody in that bullpen get anybody out. Right. You know, in the, right. uh, Miles Michaelis, who started is is one of the top pitch starters in the in the game. He was actually when I managed the year in 2012 in Double A with the Padres. He was my closer here, and then he went off to Japan and figured it out. But yeah, he he doesn't normally have outings like that. It just it just happens. And then you go through the bullpens, and nobody can get anybody out until you get to Jordan Romano. Thank God he did. Yeah. But the guy we're talking to today, with the the you know with with all those hits getting thrown around. Just a measly old walk he got starting off the ninth inning down by a run against a closer, started it all and allowed him to get the win. You know, it's, a, yeah. it's just, you know, you got it. The win, a win's a win. Sometimes you win ugly, you know, and, and um, but uh, they're, hey, they're a win good. is a win. It, you know, it was a, it was part of the good, bad and the ugly. And I think that was the good part of the weekend for the Jays. Uh, it was their fourth straight opening day win and they're five and one in their last six opening days on the road. Uh, so uh, before we get to the bad, I'm going to get to the ugly a little bit. And I felt really bad for Kevin uh, Gaussman. He had a he, had, he really pitched a quality game and and uh, the defense let him down a little bit. And here's something that the team focused on. we got to get our defense better. Uh, Could have been a, an anomaly, but Chapman make uh, a key error in the bottom of the third inning. And then the next uh, hitter, you know, slid one down the third baseline. He just out of his reach. So uh, it, it was uh, it was kind of a it was kind of a, an ugly game and especially the Jays didn't even have a hit until the seventh inning. So it was a uh, it was a little it was a little uh, ugly this game. Yeah, and but you know what? They, they if you look at they got a great defensive team. Oh yeah, 
you know, Chapman, I mean, he, 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 I mean, he's a gold glover. He didn't win last year. He should have, but he didn't win. You know, they, they, it just happened. You know, he's not going to, I guarantee he's going to get an error somewhere along the way. He's going to probably have a few more, you know, but he, you know what the, he's going to do? He's going to take away hits. He's going to, he's going to take, he's going to save your runs, you know? Yeah. But you look at this, the uh, St. Yeah. St. Louis pitcher. He couldn't throw strikes, right? Sometimes that's, you, he you know, seven. Even though, yeah. you know, he had no hits in his five innings that he's in the game, he still walked seven and he hit a guy. Yeah. yeah. But you know what? He made some big pitches. Or sometimes you get those Adam Adam balls, man. He guys hit balls right at guys. You know, that's that's baseball. But um gosh, you know, Blue Jays got a good team. That that's the that's the bottom line. But you know, you know, every game's not gonna be good, and I'm not taking it lightly, and I'm not making excuse for anybody, but I understand it, you know, and, and I've I've been there, done it. You know, if the, if the team wasn't very good, I'd say, you know what, get ready, folks. You're going to see a lot of that, but that's not the case. Now, the team uh, team is going to be a really good team this year, an elite team. Uh, the last game uh, of the series, Chris Bassett made his debut for the Jays, and uh, he got lit up. I mean, it was the worst uh, appearance that he had. Uh, certainly gave up nine earned runs on 10 hits. I mean, two of the first three hitters, two of the first three pit- in three pitches, there were two home runs out there. But I want to talk to you about Bass a little bit. Obviously, that that was a that game was just kind of a it was it was a bad game. It was a bad debut for Bassett. I saw Bassett pitch last year over and over again uh, with the Mets. Very reliable. But one thing that struck me last year, and I think it's getting into Chris's head a little bit. They got to fix it. First of all, he never used the pitch com before. He never called his own. He never called his own pitches before. That was a rule that Major League Baseball uh, instituted towards the end of spring training. So now the pitchers can call their own game uh, right from the pitch com, and he never did that before. But he was always like not laboring, but last year he was so methodical in between pitches. So methodical. And he used to he used to irritate the opposing teams. He'd irritate everybody because he was just slow. Now he's got the pitch clock to worry about. I think all of that got into his head and he just wasn't right. So they got to fix that. Yeah, and, and they will. And he, like you said, but you you saw an awful lot of them. And the kids had success. All of a sudden he's not gonna he doesn't know how to pitch. But oh, you know, uh you know, once they when they put these new rules in with pitch clocks and things, you know, that, that's probably the number one answer uh, question you get asked is, how's that going to work? And I, well, it's, they'll adjust. I mean, they, you know, they're big league players, but there's some guys out there that's not their style, you know. And 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 the, you know, at one at one point maybe when they were starting out that you know they work fast or they somebody told said somebody might have told me hey slow or let's speed it up it'll help you. They couldn't do it, right? And they they said, "Well, what makes this guy click, right?" Well, he's a little more, like you said, methodical. And he's pretty damn good when he does it, right? And you know, he bottom- was most reliable. He was most reliable guy on the Mets staff last year. It, it, he really yes. was. Yeah. See, so so it doesn't take much to throw these guys a little out of whack, you know. And especially when it, yeah, you can you can you can uh, do something all spring long, you know. But it's different. The game, games, you know, it's not it, the game doesn't count, right? Mm-hmm. So it's an adjustment period for him. Now you get in these real games where he knows every pitch he makes, you know, at the, you know, it's going to affect the game probably, right? Obviously. Uh, so now you, now you take him a little bit of out of his element. So, you know, I, yeah, I, I keep hearing everybody's raving about the pitch clock. Okay, great. Whatever. You know, I, I don't, I don't mind watching a long baseball game as long as it's a good game. You know, and I, the beauty of baseball is everybody can play it. 
tall, short, skinny, fat, you know, great athlete, non non athlete, you know, and they're all different in how they they they're at their best. So maybe we ought to let them be at their best for crying out loud. That's what we want, but you know, and I guess if it uh, we're trying to whatever. Yeah, well, the first time in Jay's history, uh, they did not hit a home run after opening a season. So zero home runs from a team that's going to hit home runs this year. Well, there you go. You know, and uh, especially that game yesterday, St. Louis hit 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 him right. Home runs win. There's no secret, you know. Uh, but you got to get guys on base. So you're not hitting a bunch of solo shot. Like we'll go right. back to with our guest today, Wit. Wit's uh, getting on base machine, uh, make things happen, set the table for those big boys. Absolutely. I have a, another question for you as a manager now. Now you have a team that the Blue Jays opened up on the road, opening up on the road, you know, finishing the series in St. Louis, heading to Kansas City before, then flying out to California to face the Angels uh, this weekend. How does that affect the team? I mean, you're opening up a new season on the road for 10 days, and then you got to fly from California back to Toronto for your home opener. What type of effect does that have on the club? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, that's a tough road trip to start the season. You know, it's, the, the reason why you got to go out west, right? Then, then come home. But, you know, they got all the new uh, uh, stadium renovations, you know, and they need a little extra time, I guess, to get all that, you know, finalized. Um, but, you know, one thing we'd always do, the coaching staffs and, you know, or even when the in the, the, the New Year's schedule come out, you always look at your schedule, right? Especially out of the gates, because everybody wants to start off good. And so if you look at their schedule starting off, it's very favorable to them. You know, you go to St. Louis, St. Louis is uh, a great ball club. They always are every year. They're just, you know, great franchise. Yeah, exactly. They've always, this historically, that's what they are. So you can see going to that thing. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens, right? You know, they won the first game, lost two. You know, teams are supposed, great teams are supposed to win at home. So we'll give that to the Cardinals, right? Then they, then they, then they go to Kansas City. Who's who's been scuffling, right? They're they're rebuilt. They're in a rebuilding mode. They you know they've made some changes over there. Four games there. There's no guarantees, but you you don't mind you don't mind going there, right? Then it's it's better there than going and playing in Houston. Let's say, right? That's just a fact. It's nothing against anybody. Okay, then you go out to Anaheim in in California. They've been scuffling the last few years, right? You know they still got two of the greatest players in the game on their team. Rendon's yeah. back. And they you know made made some additions. But you don't know how they're going to be. You, you don't look at them and go, well, there's the Astros again or something, or, or you know what, there's, you know, the or the Texas House of Horrors down in Tampa. Yes, exactly. Okay. Then you come home with a day off to get through your group. Then you open up at home with Detroit. You know, they just got swept down there in Tampa. So it's not nothing against these teams, but you kind of look at it and go, you know what? Hey, we play some decent ball. We should be okay, you know, but it's never that easy. So I would, I, I, I would expect them to come out of this road trip and start the, the homestand and being, and being in really good shape. You are listening to The Gibby Show, presented by Miller Lite. I enjoyed a few Miller Lights during, uh, especially opening day. I was watching three games at once, John. I was watching the Mets uh, with their opening day uh, win. I was watching the Jays, and I was also watching Jacob deGrom. Uh, I was watching three games simultaneously, so of course I had had to have a Miller Lite next to me. Uh, It's a flavor you want. As good as a winning opening series, and it's left of the stuff you don't want. Hey, oh, hey, man, it tastes like Miller time, brother. And you there know you what? Go. There the you light go. beer, it's a, it's a it's a light beer that tastes good, man. They can't, hey, they all can't say that, right? 
No, it was Miller time all weekend, man. I was watching baseball. I was following everything that was going on. There were a couple of major injuries that uh, were announced. I mean, uh, Justin Verlander, Justin Verlander, the $86 million man for the New York Mets, last year's Cy Young Award winner, was placed on the IL by the Mets on opening day with something that was called a low-grade terrace major strain. He'll be reevaluated this week with more imaging. So even though the club is uh, minimalizing this injury, uh, as is Verlander, it's just another Mets misery moment, in my uh, opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Snake bit as they are, uh, you know. Hey, they're, they're three and one, man. What the they heck are three mean? and one. They are because uh, Cody Senga, the free agent from Japan made his yeah. debut yesterday and he had a really rough first inning, but this guy has this ghost pitch, this, uh, this ghost fork ball. And, Boogie. and he didn't even show it to anybody until opening day. I didn't even use it in spring training because the baseball was a little bigger, but you know, yeah. in the first inning, I'm like, this guy's going to get shelled. And he was very nervous. He, he couldn't get his rhythm. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's a, uh, there's a, there's a, the pitching coach goes to the mound, has a little talk with him. He's lights out for the rest of the game for the next uh, four and a half innings, five innings, eight strikeouts. And this ghost pitch, I mean, they say it disappears to a hitter. It comes and then disappears. So uh, uh, everyone who's seen it, the, even uh, the opposing players uh, uh, who uh, who's Miami saw it and they were like, this guy's incredible. He's going to be a superstar. It's going to be nice nightmares after we're dreaming about it. You know, I watched, I watched some of that game yesterday too, you know, and uh, yeah, that, that first inning, well, you both, both guys scuffled that first inning, right? Nobody could throw it yeah. over the plate, but you know what? There we go back. We're talking about Manoa a while ago. Sometimes yeah. it's the first star jitters, you know, especially this kid first big league star, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, his first big league start. And then, you know, you talk about the, the, uh, the star pitchers pitching opening day who were shelled DeGrom, DeGrom, Started his season with his new team, the Rangers, and didn't fare well. He gave up five runs, six extra base hits, was pulled in the fourth inning, and DeGrom had never given up as many extra base hits in his entire career. And here he is. I mean, he got but, lit. Like a lot of other guys got lit opening day. Exactly. You know, it, it, and, it, and it happens. I like to think, though, maybe, maybe you got the Bochy effect down there. Bo, Boch, Boch didn't panic, man. The team felt good. They came back and, and overcame a, against a World Series team. Right. They won three straight. So they well, did pretty well. And one thing, another thing about uh, the Braves lost uh, Max Freed. He strained a hamstring covering first base. He's going uh, on the 15-day IL at any point now. Uh, Snicker, uh, the manager of the Braves said the strain will probably prohibit Freed from getting on the mound for a while. And uh, no one knows what that means right now, but it could be 15 days, could be two, you know, a month, who knows, but that's a big blow for the Braves. You know, it's, you know, it's amazing. And, I, and, I, and these guys are bigger and faster, and stronger and all that. And you just, just like, you know, the common man walking the streets than they used to be. Right. But we got all this new medical, um, technology and these so-called programs that really supposed to do one. I, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it just seems like, it seems like guys get hurt more now than they ever did. You know, remember we, I can remember towards the end, my, end, end of my term there in Toronto, we were uh, Josh Donaldson hurt like his calf in spring training. Right. And, um, and so I was talking to, you know, uh, one of the, the, the person was out there with him 
And he said, well, no, he was just running some, uh, doing some sprints now, but he was using a, like a medicine ball or some kind of ball or something, right? Something out of the or- ordinary. It wasn't just like a damn sprint like they used to run. And it's probably some, so, so we probably got a little off balance or something. Who knows? Something. What are we doing here? You know, what, what are we going to reinvent the wheel? He's he's getting older anyway. Does he, is, is this going to, it's, it's just like, like Verlander. Ver, Verlander said that he could probably pitch with it, but might as well, you know, just go on the side of caution and, it's like yeah. I remember Gibson, Seaver, Nolan Ryan. I remember all Steve Carlton. I remember all these guys. Uh, I you know I go back a long way, and it was like they pitched every three days. They pitched eight nine innings. It was just kind of like the conditioning today. I mean, you can make an argument for it, but you know everything is so technical today. Uh, but give me give me the give me the late sixties when you know when you hey, see guys hey, out there find it every three days. I was in spring training with the Texas Rangers in 1989. Charlie Huff, the great knuckleball, was in there. He was on that team, and that, you know, his his he and I saw him one day. He was uh, riding a stationary bike after after the workout, smoking a cigarette. I go, now that there you go, and that was just he had to he had, and he was in a hurry because he had to go play 18 holes at the golf course, you know. And so hey, hey, I want to say one thing. You you know, you're talking about Sanga this first start, you know, and I mentioned the Bochy effect. I, one thing about Bochy down there in Texas is uh, uh, great confidence, right? So the, the Rangers guys, I'm guaranteeing they didn't sense any panic. And they loved it and they came back. But as far as Senga goes, and it might happen to a young manager, maybe not. But, you know, one thing, Buck Showalter, another guy, season guy has been around forever, right? He could have very easily gone to yank Senga, you know, and, and I think he threw 30-some 30, he threw pitches, which, you know. Over in 30, the, yeah. Yeah, it's getting in the danger zone, right? You start, you got to get somebody going because you don't want to leave somebody out there to rot, right? And then they they get hurt, right? But you could see, you know, you, they they flash uh, Showalter in the in the dugout. He he looked like, you know, it was he was turning, man. He you know he's, he's deciding what he's gonna do, but he stuck by the guy, and and uh, you know what? Then he ends up pitching a great ball game. And uh, it is it's a it's a it's a it's a it looks like a great pitch. It's just like it, you know, he. he it's deception, right? That's what that's what pitching is. But you know, the umpire too. You know, he had some rookie umpire, and they're trying to make a name for themselves. They're trying to make every perfect call, and so he squeezed him on some calls that could have helped him out. But you know what? The, the kid's going to be good just by surviving that. A lot of guys don't survive that. You know, next they go out there the next outing, they're, they're hoping this guy's feeling good this next outing. Yeah, he's very confident, and the Mets certainly need him with uh, you know the team that. Uh, their average age is probably in the pitching staff of you know 35 <laughs> 36 it's going to be it's going to be like me and you me and you go out there pitching and catching yeah that's right you know that's right i don't need as much money as they do but i'll you know i'll certainly uh, take the major league minimum at this point uh that's going about wrapping up this o- this opening segment in just a minute, we're going to bring on Whit Merrifield and have our Gabbing with Gibby brought to you by Tim Hortons uh, but for baseball fans on the go Tim Hortons has a snack for that. New savory pastries are available in herb, garlic, and jalapeno flavors, baked fresh throughout the day, and now served warm. Gibby, did you partake this weekend in any of Tim's anytime snackers? Yes, I did, but you know what? I can tell you from the north, man. It's jalapenos. Jalapeno. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I had one, you know. You say tomato, I say tomato. Roosevelt or Roosevelt. Anyway. Uh, Arizzi, hey. Arizzi, right? right? That's right. No, but, you know, as a matter of fact, I, when I, when I was we're traveling out there, I was out heading, uh, I went, we were going from uh, Calgary to Veteran, 
stopped at a Tim Horton and put a little video out there. But yeah, I grabbed one of those on the run, man. Cause we, you know, we had to hurry up and get there, but I, I enjoyed them. I think they will be a big hit. Well, I, left, I had the jalapeno. Yes. That's what exactly what I had. Go. Have one of each, you know, every time you go have a different Ooh, flavor. That's right. There you go. Exactly. Uh, we're going to have a great conversation with Whit Merrifield and uh, Gabby with Gibby with wit. Now it's time for another Gabbing with Gibby's brought to you by Tim Hortons. As we mentioned earlier in the show, this week's guest is a guy that Jay's manager, John Schneider, says is going to be a key part of the team here in 2023. A true gamer who joined the Jays last summer from Kansas City. He's a two-time All-Star, three-time American League stolen base champion. We like to welcome Whit Merrifield to the show and Gabbing with Gibby. Whit, how you doing? Great, guys. Thanks for having me. Wait, man. Hey, I, I got to start out right here. I don't know you that well, but I tell you what, I've, I'm, I'm a big fan. I've, I've always been a big fan. Uh, and, I, you know, I spent some time coaching in Kansas City, and I, I know the people there. You're the ultimate team guy. They loved you there. The Blue Jays are in a good spot. So so it's it's kind of a whole – it's a re- reunion tonight, though. First time back, huh? Yeah, yeah, first time back. Came in from St. Louis yesterday, so got in in a good hour. Um, got to – my wife's here, so we got to go to dinner in our favorite spot. Uh, uh, go have a drink in our favorite spot, and just kind of, uh, you know, kind of be nostalgic. Uh, yesterday and then today, get to go to the field relatively early, see some guys, and and then uh, it's, all, it's all it's all business from there. Yeah, well, how many years did you play there in Kansas City, Tota? Do you remember off the top of your head? Uh, my rookie year was 2016. Um, but I was drafted in 2010 and pretty much had the same – the front office that was – that is there now was the same front office that drafted me, and I was with them forever. Okay. So, uh, been yeah, so, so it's, it's going to be – it's an emotional time, you know. Since 2010. You know, it's an emotional time for you, you know, because you spent a lot of time there. And you know, you had great success. And you're really the face of that team back then, you know. You and Salvi, you know, behind the, behind the plate, you know, you, you were your, the all-stars, you know. Uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty impressive. Two-time All-Star. He's led the league in stolen bases. You know, that's kind of a – and that kind of gets overlooked today nowadays, the the base running part, the stolen base. I think hopefully does, – does it seem like it's coming back a little bit? You know, because everything went power, power, power. But we can't – hey, but we can't – hey, people got to know, too, you can burn them deep, too. It's not like you're just out there playing that slap game now. So, I mean – but I guess my point, you're, you're just an all-around player. You know, you, you – uh, you draw walks, you get on base, you can steal a bag when you need it. Not, not You're not stealing a bag when anybody could. You're stealing one when most guys can't. So you're in scoring position all the, all the time like that. So it's really you're a complete ball player, and that's kind of been lost in the game. But is it coming back a little bit? I think so. Um, with these new rule changes, there's, there's ways to get around stealing bases now. It makes it a little bit easier, a little more accessible. Uh, pitchers can only pick over twice. So you're going to be able to have a little more, a little more lean towards second, be a little more aggressive about a lot of things. Um, you know what, what went away from it was analytics, telling telling teams it's not valuable to try to do that. You know the the risk reward, it's not worth the risk because um, if you get thrown out, it's it's more detrimental than beneficial. Um, and when you look at it from an analytics standpoint, it there's just there's so much that goes to it. That analytics can't quantify, you know, the, yes. the the pitcher taking his the pitcher taking his his focus off of the hitter, um, a hitter getting more fastballs because they're they're more concerned with making sure the ball gets to the plate quick and giving the catcher something good to throw. 
Um, there's a lot that goes into it, and um, I think we're these rule changes will kind of bring that back a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, you know, because I, I can tell you, even when I was managing against you, right? There's certain guys in on certain teams in, in like you, you know, if you get a big thumper that comes to the play, right? You know, he's either, he's probably he's going to drive a ball or he's going to strike out, right? And if he gets on base, he's going to clog it up, right? So you know, one of those things are going to happen. Okay, you, you deal with it. When a guy like yourself gets on, just like you mentioned, now, now you got to worry about you over there. It, it disrupts it disrupts the pitcher. There's just a lot of different things, you know, that, that uh, you know, it puts you, you get, it puts pressure on the pitcher. He can't walk, he can't walk it because then, then things all break loose. And I wonder real quick, the, the you guys, uh, the opening day, right? It was, it was a crazy, one of those crazy ball games. Nobody knows, you know, that you go into it and everybody usually thinks it's going to be a pitching duel and things like that. But, you know, there's hits flying everywhere and it's neither, neither bullpens can shut anybody down. But the key at bat in that game, and, you know, a uh, uh, Springer got five hits. I think Bichette got five hits. You know, the, the key at bat in that game, though, was yours. You're going into the ninth inning, you're down a run, closers in the game, right? A simple walk, right? If you If you don't walk there, right? you know, against the top relievers in the game, you know, that, that doesn't happen. But since sometimes it gets overlooked because, you know, you know, you set records for hits and it's like just a, you know, circus sometimes, you know, but that's what you were talking about here. And that's, you get on base, good things happen. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Especially right there in that part, in that part of the game, it was, it was uh, critical for, for me to get on base, not only to lead off the inning, but that me getting on base pretty much guaranteed, uh, Bo and Vladdy getting back up, and and you want those guys, your hosses up in the night, that bottom of the ninth inning with the game on the line. So, uh, yeah, drew a walk there, and K, uh, KK got a big big hit in the four hole, my first to third, and then uh, we were able to do enough to, to take the lead. And when it seemed like nobody could get anybody out, Romy came in and made it look easy. So that was yeah. uh, that was nice to see. Exactly. Hey, you know, if they give you your 500, 550, 600 bats, you whatever, whatever it might be, that team's going to be so much better off, you know, because you're you're one of those guys, you know what, you'll get on and it sets the table. Springer, Springer, he'll drive into runs. We, depending on where they hit you in the lineup, you know, right now they got you sitting down at the bottom. That's perfect, though, setting the table for those guys. And they're rolling around Bichette and Blatty and all that. Those guys have a field day because you'll be on base. And you know what, you'll be, they don't need you necessarily always to be in scoring position. But there's nothing wrong with, you know, that little sacrifice fly that Vladdy hits either, you know, to, to put you up. You know, there's nothing wrong. He doesn't have to get a hit, right? So, anyway, so you got a very you're very valuable part to that team. And, in, in, uh, you know, your type of player, that's what winning teams have. So, you know, I, I echo what Schneider says. So, but they just got to give you that 500-plus of bats, and, and uh, they'll be a better team than they've ever been. So, all right. Well, yeah, we'll see. I, uh, I mean, looking forward to having a full season – uh, and the Rogers Hoffman, you know, I, I've got, I got this playing in Coffin Stadium. You know, it's 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 a big park, and, and there's a lot of balls that are hit that turn or doubles or even outs um, that other places are are home runs, and uh, you're looked at differently when those balls go over the fence instead of hitting 40, 50 doubles. If you got 20, 25 home runs, you're viewed a little differently as a player. So, uh, looking forward to a full season in a, uh, in a yeah. park that's a little more hitter, hitter friendly. Hey, hey, you know, but you say you, you've hit your share of home runs now. It's not like you're, you know, you're, you know, I, I was, I was checking out your stat. You've hit, you've hit your share of home runs. I don't know if people always realize. Yeah, people, huh? people don't, people don't seem to realize that. You know, they see that I steal a lot of bases, so they just assume I got no power. Um, but you know, I, I've hit 40, 40 plus doubles. I don't know, three, four years, and I've hit double digit home runs every year, but my rookie year, 
and the COVID year, but the COVID year I hit nine. So, I mean, I count that as double-digit home run year. Uh, yeah. So, I can drive the ball. People forget I can drive the ball, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to continuing to show that. Well, perfect, man. Well, right. hey, uh, people are saying, you, you know, you lost two out of three in St. Louis. It's baseball, right? Some people say, well, the sky is falling, this and that. You know, it's 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 not falling, you know. But was there, is everybody feeling good, though, for the most part? Everybody came in ready to go, and it's just one of those deals, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I man, it's a good team over there. St. Louis got a yes. good team. Uh, we, we, we got a good team, too. And, you know, they just – they uh, they did more uh, than than we did to, to win those last two games. You know, we – we um, when you're playing a team like that, you can't afford to to give them anything, and and we were we weren't able to to play as cleanly as, as we needed to 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 win that win those two games. Um, but they're a good team, and and I mean we know how long the season is. We know what kind of team we have, and and uh, we know we weren't going to go 162 and 0 and, and win every series. So um, hey, hey, fans yeah. think you might though. Fans think you will 160. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Baseball's baseball fandom is, is funny sometimes. You know, they kind of get overlooked at how long of a season it is and how difficult of a game it is. And you know, it, it's 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 more like this than any, any other sport that you're going to play. So um, we'll be just fine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know, I think the problem is you guys make it look easy out there. Big league ball players make the game look easy, and the further you get away from that field, man, the easier it gets. <laughs> You know, so well. All right. Well, I know you got a, you got a bunch of guys. Got to say your hellos today to everybody. You know, and uh, hey, we hope you enjoy it. And like I said, you know, if they give you get you in there every day, pretty much every day, get your bats. You know what? You'll t- you'll help take that team to the top because you got a great team. You, you guys really do. So, hey, we want to thank you for your time coming on here. We appreciate it, uh, especially on a day like this. You know, when you're when you're going back to your old stomping ground. So, and, and tell your wife we appreciate you letting. Yeah, her letting us or steal you from. I will. Her. I'll, I'll, I'll let her know. <laughs> All right, Wade. Thanks, pal. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye, bye. Well, another great gabbing with Gibby. Uh, good interview there. I know that he was pressed for a little time. He's got a big game, a uh, new series, but uh, another good one, John. Yeah, he, you know he's a he's a good guy, good good ball player. You know, just a hard nosed player. Yeah, he had. You know, he's. Uh, it's like a reunion for him. His first game back in Kansas City. Yes. You got to get over and say, "Is you know, you know how that goes." You and, got and, friends. You got family. You got acquaintances. Uh, yeah, you know. His I've always been a big back. fan of this kid. His style of game, you know, it's a it's a winning type game that he plays, and, and he's a he's a table setter. But he's he's more dangerous than that, you know, because he's got a little. He's got some sock in his bat. You can put him anywhere. He can he can Speed. run the league. Yeah, he, he makes things happen, and you have to have those guys if you're going to win. To complement the, right? And you you got versatility too. I mean, you got the guy that plays, you know, literally five positions: all three outfield, second base, fills in at first. You got a guy that uh, Schneider could put anywhere. Plus, look at the guy, man. If if they, if there's one guy on that team that had to be doing a commercial with, you see how that good looking dude? That's the all American boy right there. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of all American boys, I mean, you're one yourself, John. Oh! Uh, <laughs> uh, want to remind everybody that the Gibby Show is presented by Miller Lite, now inspired by our friends there. Let's get Gibby's roast and toast for the week. Gibby, who you roasting this week? Gosh, you know, I'm I'm roasting baseball <laughs> in general, and it's not nothing the new rules, but you know what's funny. You know, some, a lot of those new rules were put in not the ones 
primarily this year, but in the past with the play at the plate or second base, it's to protect these guys as if everybody's getting hurt all the time, right? Now I just seem to think it seems like guys get hurt more now in this day and age than they ever did, right? And we got you know, we're smarter, we got all this new technology. Um, you know, just a couple of big names, you know, Max Freed, he he's banged up now. That's that's huge for the Braves. And Verlander, you know, you know, Verlander, you run the risk because he's older anyway. But uh, and you know, these aren't career threatening or, or uh, anything like the Diaz thing where he's done for the year. Quit crying, man. I know it's the Mets, but any, but uh, you know, it just seems like it, it it happens more and more now. In uh, it's almost commonplace, you know. And and what it may, makes it even worse, I think they give these guys scheduled days off now. You know, throughout they this. Do. So I mean, so anyway, so so I'm I'm ro- maybe I'm not roasting baseball. Roasting baseball. I'm, I'm roasting. I'm roasting the medical community. Let's go. There you go. You're roasting everything. You're roasting all the baseball and the medical community and all the. I'm just bitter, bitter, bitter Gibbons. <laughs> well, to turn it around, you got to toast somebody this week, and so who is uh, your choice for a toast of the week? Yeah, for in, in a guy that's probably been through, had some medical issues himself when you walk watch him walk out to the mound, Bruce Bochy. Bochy, old catcher, man. I'm sure them joints and them legs and everything in the back are, are hurting. But I tell you what, I want to salute him. Uh, I was always a big fan. You know, he obviously watched his career as a as a, uh, as a manager in, in the, the three world championships out there in San Francisco. Then, then you know, then he uh, then he retired, semi-retired, I guess you could say. And good for the Texas Rangers bringing him back. You know, they 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 built a new stadium. The owners go, we're all in. So we better have somebody here that can guide this ship, right? And they invested all this money. And I guarantee, you know, they went they first three games of the season against the uh, National League champs, Philadelphia Phillies, and they fell behind. Well, yeah, now, and what I'm gonna tell you, you know, it may may have something to do with it, may not, but I guarantee you, when they when they when Degrom struggled early and fell behind, there was no panic in Boach. Boach just sit over there, bright grinning, telling patting the guys on the show. There's just something about this guy, right? And they responded, you know, in the. And he, he's going to do that for them. Not only are they talented, they're going to they're going to be feel feeling so good about themselves. And, and uh, Boach, you know, Boach is a smart guy. He's, he understands the numbers and the analytics and all that. But I guarantee he's going to he's going to he's there's a little more in that head of his. He's got a big head, man. He used to have the biggest head in baseball. And be, you, know, can be, you got to store all the knowledge, man. You don't have that kind of success without you know somebody had to put the knowledge somewhere but he uh he's gonna he's gonna be a difference maker because he's gonna combine the the smarts of it the analytics end of it with the human element and what motivating guys and so i that's there you go if if i had a miller light if it wasn't so early in the day i'd I'd toast him with a miller light there you go so the roast and the toast uh and we'll have another one next week and of course it's courtesy and inspired by our friends at miller light all right, we're back for the final few minutes of the show, and I do want to talk to you, John, about a special charity live auction that's taking place right now with the uh, – well, actually, it's for the Special Olympics in Canada, and uh, your wife, Christy, is involved, and there's a, uh auction item up that is going to, uh, for the winning bidder, have a great prize package, but first tell us how uh, – uh, you and Christy got involved in the Special Olympics for Canada. Well, you know, Mark, Mark our producer, got got me hooked up with it. It's it's a great cause, and I and I love doing it. And uh, you know, she, my wife, my the, my better half by far. Right? She she loves photography. I've sent stuff out there. You know, we, we, we great go, photographer. 
Yeah, she does a great job. You know, she loves the wildlife end of her. She also does portrait stuff. But, um, you know, she in her backyard, you know, we get all these birds flying around. And, and a blue jay flew in into, into our neighbor's yard, you know. So she got her camera out. She had a decent lens on the thing. And, uh, you know, we'd hear them. They, they make a unique sound, but I'd never seen one, right? And she saw, she got a picture of he was sitting in the in neighbor's yard and took it. Took it. it was just a th- fun thing of ours. And then, then Mark, you know, called, said, you know, he'd seen it and we put it together and, and, uh, it's perfect. We're covering the blue Jays, right? Beautiful picture though. And, and, uh, uh, so, so they're auctioning that off and it's a, it's a, so it's, it's, a it's up for auction and the winning bidder, uh, from what I understand, I, I heard there's a really great prize package. Uh, the person who wins, uh, this item is going to get that, uh, signed by Christy and signed by you, uh, framed uh, photo, which is kind of cool. Uh, they also get a meet and greet with you, John. And is that Christy, good or bad probably, for them? Right? Hopefully, <laughs> Christy, too. They can meet oh, the no, she's, she's, as well. She's a dog sitter now, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> four signed copies of your book. Uh, also, four 100-level seats to an upcoming or future Blue Jays game. Wow, what a prize package for someone who wins this bid. And, of course, the proceeds going to a wonderful charity, Special Olympics Canada. Yeah, it is, it is a great package. I guess it depends on who you ask. You know, the tickets are great and all that, but if, uh, uh, my book and a meet and greet with me, you know, I'm sure that's subjective and uh, who you ask. <laughs> hey, the book, the book is out. The book is out. This is the week. It's here. All the hard work, all the interviews that you've done. Uh, I, I I will never forget the text you sent me last week after another interview request came in uh, and you just put in caps, uncle. <laughs> you know, Johnny, it's been fun. I, I, people, I hope people enjoy it, you know, cause I, I enjoy it and I appreciate you setting all that thing up, you know, getting it, getting it moving, but you yeah, know, but it's here now all the work from, you know, getting Greg Oliver, telling your story to him, the work, uh, the photograph, everything, the putting it together and the marketing and the PR and the interviews, it's here. It's out. Yeah. And I hope Give they it. do. I think, I, think baseball lifer. I hope they, when they're finished, they, they smile and say, you know what? I got, to, I, I enjoyed doing that, reading that. So we'll see. A lot of people have said that the reviews have been really good. So I know you're a pretty modest guy. You don't like to talk about yourself a lot. You really don't in a lot of ways. Uh, but I, I think it's it's something to be proud of. Yeah. Oh, I am. Oh, I and am. it's it's gonna be it's gonna do really really well. And so, my mother's proud of it. That's all that matters. And she thinks you're you're a wonderful co-host. She by endorsed the way. me. You told me that she endorsed me. She thought she we had good you. chemistry, right? Hey, real quick too, before we gotta go. She also told me the other day. Say, Johnny, Johnny. You know, she talks in her English accent. You know, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. That, that's a more new New Yorker, I think. But she said, John. You know what? I love the show. You know, I really like John Rizzi. I think he's a great co-host with you. She said, can I give you some advice? Because I've been getting all over when she gives me advice. She goes, you need some darker shirts on them show. I said, what are we talking about? She goes, you wore like a light blue. And she goes, and you mix right. You, you look like you're one of those pictures behind you. Wear a darker shirt. I said, all right, Ma, whatever. There you go. Well, I hope so, she's happy so I'm wearing today, too. So, yeah, so if I start wearing darker clothes, it doesn't mean I'm mourning anything. It's just that I'm just still got to listen to your mother. You got to take, you got to listen to your mom. Always. First and foremost. Well, uh, you got a busy schedule. You're going to be up in Canada uh, coming up. Uh, There's things going on. There'll be appearances. And I think uh, next Monday, 
Uh, we'll be able to give everybody where you're going to be at Costco's and the other things where people could come and see you. And of course, you got that big sports card expo up in Toronto the third week of April. We'll talk more about that. And of course, we're going to talk more baseball with everybody next week here on the Gibby Show. For John Gibbons, my name is John Arezzi. We will talk with you again next week. Have a great week, everybody. Let's go Blue Jays and let's go Mets. <laughs>